times you've seen a gray light, seen a gray light, seen a gray light. People walking in darkness have seen a gray light. People walking in darkness have seen a gray light, seen a gray light, seen a gray light. People walking in darkness have seen a gray light. Come stand and sing with us. Seen a gray light, seen a gray light, seen a gray light. People walking in darkness have seen a gray light. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises on you. Arise, shine, for your light. came to worship with us. We are going to sing to our Savior King, and we hope that you will join us as we sing in joy today and celebrate His coming. Joy to the world. 
That's a phrase from the Old Testament. Jacob, one of the patriarchs, is going from one place to another, and he sees the setting sun, and he decides, I'm going to camp here, just a normal place. That night, the Lord appears to him in a dream. God says, I'm going to bless you, and you're going to be a blessing to all nations. And We, of course, know, looking at the whole scripture and the context, that Jesus comes from the line of this person, it's Jacob. Now, surely the Lord is in this place and I didn't even know it. I pray that as you experience the Lord tonight in this Christmas Eve service, maybe you'd say something like that. You just came and I was gonna sing some songs and somebody invited me. But surely the Lord is in this place and maybe the Lord is gonna surprise you. You didn't even know it, the Lord is here. You know, Jacob in this story gets blessed. I'm going to pray a blessing over you later in the sermon. I'm the pastor here. And, you know, this moment of our church service, it's not the easiest for a pastor. It's, we call it the offering moment. It's where we talk about money. And I'll be honest with you, it's, it's always a little weird. Like I have a hard time talking about money. I don't like talking about money. I've seen it done wrong. I've seen it done poorly. And I want to just remind you and tell you that we receive blessings so that we could be a blessing. You know, this, this church, this community of people, when we do talk about money, when we do receive an offering, there's power in it because we can write checks and we can do things in the city of Manitou that we couldn't do individually. Let me just tell you, this, this month, we wrote some checks. I couldn't have wrote these checks, but we all wrote some checks. I got to sign them and I got to give them to a couple different ministries here in town. In Manitou, there's the Wednesday Pantry that we uh, gave a large check to because of your generous giving. We also partnered with the public schools. There's a lady over the administration, I know her, and she asked our church for help. She said, I, I know a bunch of teachers, and the teachers have their pulse on families, which families are struggling, which families, the kids come to school every day with the same clothes and don't have jackets. Teachers in the public schools, they know which families could use help. And little surveys went home with those families just asking, would you like help? And the family said, yes, we would like help. And this administrator that I know asked us, asked our church if we could financially back that. And I said, yeah, we could be a part of that. So thank you, New Life Manitou, for your generous giving. Praise God for that. So... As much as I don't like talking about money, I, I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for your giving. If you're new to this church, there's different ways to give. We try to make it as easy as possible with a QR code. There's a box in the back. You can do that online. But let me pray a blessing 
over your gifts as you've been giving to this church so faithfully. We've been able to have a ministry like New Life Management. We've been able to reach out and disciple people. And we've been able to reach out and help people, feed people, clothe people all this year because of your generous giving. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, we come as your faithful people who want to grow in faith. We want to grow in our giving. Lord, we want to be a blessing. Lord, we want to receive your blessing so that it could flow through us. Lord, surely you're in this place. And some of us, we didn't even know it, but your blessing is here. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we approach your throne. We come to you this afternoon and we say thank you. Thank you for the gifts you've given to us. May they be a blessing in this town of Manitou. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. afternoon church we're just so delighted to be together if you're new here we have a special gift for you so make sure that you get that from us on the way out today Um, I also wanted to point out that we have children's ministry ages zero to five for the whole service but the older kids are going to be staying up here with us now let's just turn and greet one another say Merry Christmas to somebody and we'll get right back up here with the word in just a moment
Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all the kids. Seems like all the kids are kind of in this section right here. Good to see all of you. Christmas sweaters, Christmas dresses, Christmas PJs. I see you, JJ. Oh, God bless you. The title of this sermon is Behold the Glory of Christmas. Behold the Glory of Christmas. I'll say it one more time, and then I'm sure you've got it. Behold the glory of Christmas. And there's something about kids. I pointed out the kids because they get it. Like, there's, there's something they can get. Right, kids? There's something about Christmas that they, there's joy here. And they get it. There's beholding of Christmas glory in kids. You know, here's a little PSA for you, uh, a little announcement for you. In 2024, we're going to need and have opportunities for you to serve in our kids' ministry. And so if you want to serve in kids' ministry, know that uh, our kids' director is right here. Allie is right here. You could talk to her. Uh, she, she could tell you about serving in our kids' ministry. And, you know, the life that we get to bring, the life of the Lord into kids' lives, whether we're teaching teachers or teachers' assistants or just working on the crafts. and So anyways, that's your PSA. Let's get back to the sermon. Behold the glory of Christmas. Let me tell you a story. So maybe you've been guilty of this before, um, of just not, of, of just kind of taking it for granted, like taking the beauty of Manitou for granted. I mean, people come here to vacation. Have you ever thought about that? Like those of you that live here, like, yeah, people come here to vacate, to see the mountains, to see what we see every day. So here's the story. Uh, I picked up a friend, uh, his name's James, uh, from seminary. I went to Fuller Seminary years ago. And a couple years after seminary, we had a little guys get together in Breckenridge. Some people drove from different places, and we were going to meet up and uh, go skiing and ice climbing and cool adventure kind of stuff. So I picked up my friend James from the airport in Colorado Springs, we were driving on Highway 24, and I could tell you exactly where we were because we had just passed the first Manitou exit. Manitou is like is down there uh, right off to the left, and it, Highway 24 curves a little to the left, and the clouds opened up, and you could see. You're like pointed right at. Some of you probably know what I'm talking about. You're on 24, and you just see Pike's Peak. And he said, oh, my gosh. And I said, what, what? Did you see that? And I said, what? And I'm trying to hold the, is there a deer? Is there ice? Is there black ice? Are we all going to die? And he said, no, the mountain, look at it. And I said, it's Pike's Peak. And he's like, that's Pike's Peak. That's America's mountain, like purple mountains, majesty. He was like, wow. And I was like, see it every day. Like, has anybody else been guilty of that? Like your friend is just blown away and you're like, like you just make that noise. I was there and I wonder if some of us, maybe all of us in some way, come into Christmas. Like the older we are, the more Christmases we've gone through, the more easy it is to be just forgetful of the true meaning of Christmas and to not behold the glory of Christmas like maybe the kids do. So I'm going to preach a message here. I'm going to open up the word of God. I'm going to read one of my favorite passages in all of scripture, which is Luke 2, the story of Jesus coming. 
And then I'm going to ask you a few questions. So be paying attention. I know this is a common passage. I know you've probably heard this passage before, but I have some quiz questions for you. So lean in for the quiz and lean in because this is what Christmas is all about. In fact, has anybody this year, so I know you've seen it in the past, has anybody this year seen uh, Charlie Brown Christmas Story this year? That's just, that's, oh, wow, you all need to do that sometime very soon because it's Christmas Eve. And in this movie, it's a 25-minute movie. In this movie, Charlie Brown, he buys the wrong tree. He keeps failing miserably. Everybody's making fun of him. And then he throws up his hands. Do you know this part? And he says, isn't there anybody? Can't anybody tell me what Christmas is all about? Isn't there anybody? And then what happens? Who is it? The one with the blanket? What's his name? Lioness. This kid says, sure, Charlie Brown, I could tell you what Christmas is all about. And what happens? He opens up the Bible to this passage. It's the proclamation of the gospel and of the good news. This is on public television every year. This is, my kids were telling me, yeah, we saw this at school the other day. I was like, you saw it? We go to the public school. You saw this at school the other day? Like, this is the gospel being proclaimed. And so I am now going to read for you this passage. Would you stand with me, if you are able, for the reading of Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. This is the true meaning of Christmas. This is what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. And there were, in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night, and lo, an angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, listen to this, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Who's been born? Savior which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Let's pray. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, we, we want to behold your glory this Christmas Eve. Lord, we want to behold this truth that you, God of all things, you, you created all things. You, you formed Pike's Peak. You, you painted the, the stars with, with a, a paintbrush, so to speak. You breathed into humanity and we became alive to creation and who you are, the creator. Lord, you are the one who is and you were born. You were the one that no one could see, that no one could touch, that if anyone even touched the mountain that you spoke from, well, then that, that animal would have to die if it touched the mountain. But here you are now in this story, coming to earth, fully God, fully one of us. And we behold your glory. You are the Savior, Christ the Lord. And we praise you and we worship you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Would you be seated? 
Here's the quiz I promised you to see if you would be paying attention. Uh, some of it's for the kids. Some of it's for you as an adult. It is the King James Version, so some of the quiz questions are like, well, what does that even mean? Anyways, that's an old way of saying it. So the first one, the first Christmas quiz question is, what does abiding in the field mean? What does that even mean? It's an old way of saying something. Uh, my son, Jay, who's right here. Oh, there he is with Papa. Uh, he, I asked him, can I tell that story about you uh, misunderstanding what this meant? And he said, yeah, you can. And so uh, when he was little, like three or four years old, very small, he, I, I was helping him memorize this passage as a dad. We were working on it and uh, we thought it'd be really cool if he memorized it by Christmas. And I think he did that year. And uh, he was saying, why are the shepherds so mean to each other, dad? And I said, What? And he said, yeah, they're out biting each other in the field. <laughs> I said, no, 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 no. They're not biting each other in the field. They're abiding in the field, which means they were doing what? They were living in the field. Like, that's, what they, that's where they lived. And they're like, well, why were they living out there? Well, because in that, that age, in the ancient world, shepherds were people that probably for the most part, took care of other people's sheep. They didn't own a thing in the world. They were homeless or near homeless. And isn't that amazing that they are the ones, the first recipients to this good and great and wonderful news that a Savior, Christ the Lord, has been born. How amazing is that? That God speaks to the least of these, that he lifts them up. It's pretty awesome. Uh, quiz question number two. You ready for a quiz? Some of you are just feeling nervous about this. This is just for fun. This is a fun question. These are fun questions to get you thinking about the text. Question number two is, what's the first thing the angel says The angel says to the shepherds? What's the angel say? Fear not. They were sore afraid. They were so afraid they were in pain because at night this angel appeared to them. And the angel says, fear not. Don't be afraid. That's the most common uh, command in all of scripture. God shows up, angels show up, and usually the first thing that is said is, don't be afraid. And some of you might just need to hear that. Like some of you thinking about the world today, some of you thinking about our nation, Lord help us, some of you thinking about the economy, Lord help us, some of you thinking about maybe family or friends or cancer, and there's something I need to tell you. It's the same thing that the angels tell these shepherds, don't be afraid. The Lord is in control. Maybe some of you need to hear that good news today. This is point number three, or not point number three, question number three, quiz question number three. What were the signs for the shepherds to find Christ the Lord? It says, unto you is born this day, the city of David, the Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And then it says, and this shall be a sign unto you. And he gives them two things. What are they? wrapped in swaddling clothes. That means that's just the way they did diapers for like little babies back then. So the baby would be brand new, born this day. So wrapped in swaddling clothes. And then a very bizarre thing, you will find the babe lying in a what? In a manger. As a kid, I thought the manger meant like farm. I don't know where I got that uh, or a barn. But the manger is a, the feeding trough. That's the actual like, like, why would a baby be in a feeding trough? And you're like, oh, well, I guess the parents had, had nothing. They, had, they were in, the, in a foreign land. They were, they were visiting. There was no room in the inn. We, we might know the other parts of the story. It's crowded. They had nothing. And so they put this baby in the only place that they had. Hopefully they cleaned it first. But the, <laughs> a, a manger, a feeding trough was where 
the Christ child, the Savior, Christ the Lord, was laid. And that becomes one of the signs. The shepherds, oh, this is the sign that we found the one who's been born, the king. He is the one. We found him in a manger. Last question. This question, uh, maybe a lot of you don't know what this, this answer is, but what does it mean? It says, with the angel was a multitude of heavenly hosts. What is a heavenly host? Right? No. It's an army, an army of angels with the one angel. The sky, I imagine, lit up with an army. Like, like imagine, some of you just need to know that like the spiritual world is real and around us is, is, is God and his presence and created beings of spirit. Like the angels are real deal. Like that's a part of this story. And God is proclaiming with heavenly armies, legions of angels that the Savior, Christ the Lord, has been born this day. And if you believe that, if you believe this truth, there is power for you to see the glory of Christmas in your life. There is power for you to receive salvation. Can the church say amen to that? So I have one more point, kind of a philosophical argument. So kids, hang in with me. Uh, Some of you might get this, but this is a philosophical argument. And then I have a story to read for you. So the philosophical argument, some of you may have heard this before. Do you know of an author by the name of C.S. Lewis? He wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, some kids' stories, and they're wonderful. And he also wrote uh, a lot of apologetics, like, like Christian apologetics and, and philosophical arguments. And one of his arguments, some of you will be familiar with this argument, uh, it, it goes against the common idea, and I assume in a crowd this big, that there's just a common idea in our culture, in our society, society today, that just says that Jesus was a good teacher. Jesus was a good guide. Jesus was someone who taught about love and a a great character in history. Jesus was a good teacher. And that's probably as far as a lot of people take it in the world today, in our society. I think a lot of people, especially around Christmas, they just say, oh, but Jesus was a great guy. Jesus was a good teacher. And to that, this argument that I think C.S. Lewis made famous, C.S. Lewis says, well, That can't be. Jesus can't just be a good teacher because Jesus proclaimed he was God. He says statements like this. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then he says, no one comes to the Father except through me. He says things. Some of you uh, know this quote, uh, John 3.16. It's Jesus who says this. Jesus says, for God so loved The world that he gave as one and only son that whoever believes in him, he's speaking about himself, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus also, as as this great teacher, teaches that if, he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He says that. Like, what kind of teaching is this? One more. He says that if, he says, I and, and the Father are one. Think about those things he was teaching. If Jesus really was a good teacher, then you would think, well, what he taught, the core of his message must have also been good. But that's where people, a lot of people, draw the line. And maybe you're in here just wondering. You've been invited to Christmas and to hear to Christmas Eve service, and you're listening to this message, and you're, you're maybe just thinking, well, yeah, I thought Jesus was just a good teacher. But what he taught was that he was God. And so if that part isn't true, Well, then this argument, maybe you've heard it before, says that, 
Well, if Jesus taught that he was God and he wasn't, well, then that wouldn't make him a good teacher. That would make him the first one. That would make him a liar. And, and well, maybe he really thought he was God. Well, then wouldn't that make him the second one? Like, he's kind of crazy. He's a lunatic. The argument goes on to say that either he's a liar, he's a lunatic, or he is who he said he was. He is the Lord. He's the Savior. He's Christ the Lord. There's no better way that I have in what I'm saying here to wrap up this sermon. And uh, that is to read one of my favorite Christmas stories. Uh, it's becoming a biannual tradition. I didn't read this story last year, but I did read it the year before that. Some of you might remember. This is my favorite modern day Christmas story. Some of you might remember uh, the days when, before phones and the internet, when uh, the entertainment, like getting ready for school, at least when I was getting ready for school in the 80s and 90s, we listened to the radio, and there was radio programs like The Rest of the Story. Anybody know who uh, The Rest of the Story? Anybody can name the... Paul Harvey, yes. Paul Harvey, The Rest of the Story. He tells this story. It's called The Man and the Birds. Kids, are you paying attention? The man whom I'm about to introduce to you was no Scrooge. He was a kind and decent, mostly good man, generous to his family, upright in his dealings with other people. But he just didn't believe in all that incarnation stuff which the churches proclaim at Christmas time. It just didn't make sense to him. And he was too honest to pretend otherwise. He couldn't swallow the Jesus story about God coming to earth as a man. I'm truly sorry to distress you, he told his wife, but I'm not going to join you to church at the Christmas Eve service. He said, I would feel like a hypocrite. He said, I'd rather just stay home, but you go and I'll wait up for you. So he stayed up and they went to the service. Shortly after the family drove away in the car, snow began to fall. He went to the window to watch the flurries getting heavier and heavier. And when he went back to his fireside chair, minutes later, he heard a thudding sound. Then another, still another, sort of a thump or a thud. At first he thought someone must be throwing snowballs against his living room window. But when he went to the front door to investigate, he found a flock of birds huddled miserably in the snow. They'd been caught in the storm and desperate to find shelter, tried to fly through his large landscape window. He couldn't just let the poor creatures lie there freezing. And he remembered the barn where the children stabled their pony. That would provide a warm shelter if he could direct the birds to it. Quickly, he put on his coat, boots, trampled through the deepening snow to the barn, opened the barn doors wide, turned on the lights, but the birds did not come in. He figured food could entice them. So he hurried back to the house, fetched some breadcrumbs, sprinkled them in the snow, making a trail to the barn. But to his dismay, the birds ignored the breadcrumbs and continued to flop around helplessly in the snow. He tried catching them, tried shooing them into the barn, walking around them, waving his arms. Instead, they scattered in every direction, except into the warm, lighted barn. And then he realized 
that they must be afraid of him. To them, he reasoned, I am a strange and terrifying creature. If only I could think of some way to let them know that they could trust me, that I am not trying to hurt them, but to help them. But how? Because any move he made tended to frighten them, to confuse them. They would just not follow, nor would they be led, nor would they be shooed, because they feared him. If only I could be a bird, he thought to himself, and mingle with them, speak their language. Then I could tell them not to be afraid. I could show them the way to the safe, warm barn. But I would have to be one of them so that they could see and hear and understand. At that moment, church bells began to ring. The sound reached his ears above the sound of the wind. He stood there listening to the bells, listening to the peals of the bells and the glad tidings of Christmas. He sank to his knees in the snow. Would you stand with me as we behold together the glory of Christmas? The band can come forward. We're going to sing a couple more songs. I have a prayer, a blessing for you. You know, we're all going to open up presents. Maybe some of you have already opened up presents. I know yesterday neighbors were going around giving presents and goodies and things, and we were opening things, and tomorrow you'll probably open some gifts. And have you considered that maybe God wants you to open a gift from him? And maybe that gift is a blessing. The Lord wants to bless you. And through that blessing, you could be a blessing. I want to pray over you. Pray a blessing over you. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, we receive from you a blessing. That you are the Savior of the world. That you are fully God. The same God that created all. The stars, the moon, the sun created good days and you created bad days. Lord, you made it all and then you came to this earth as one of us so that we might see and hear and understand just how much you love us. Lord, we, we pray that you might open our eyes to the glory of Christmas, the true meaning that, that you are here, that you've come into this world to save, to seek the lost, to bring your salvation into our lives. And so, Lord, on this day, Christmas, Christmas Eve 2023, we receive this blessing. We receive what you have that you want to give to us, a blessing, a blessing of knowledge. Like Psalm 23 says, you're the good shepherd. You're leading us. You're guiding us. So, Lord, we receive this. We receive your light. We receive your blessing. So now, as a congregation, we're going to do something really special. Lights are going to dim, and if you could find your candles, I'm going to find mine, and I'm going to start lighting my candle from this altar up here, and I'm going to light these front row candles, and they're going to turn and light the next row. And when you receive the light, would you share the light with those around you? May we see among us the light of Christmas, the glory of God lighting up this room.
said let there be light has come into this world Jesus says I am the light of the world so as we look around we see that God is here his presence is here and we know that the light is actually inside of us so you can lower your candle you can blow it out because we know that God is in us God is with us we're going to have a chorus send us out with one last song couple announcements for you. Next Sunday will be New Year's Eve.
we invite you to our Sunday morning service at 10 a.m. I see a lot of visitors and guests with us. We do this every Sunday. It's amazing. We, we worship the Lord. We open the word of God together. So I hope you could join us next Sunday at 10 a.m. If you are new, we have a visitor card you can fill out. You can do the QR code if you'd rather do that on your phone. We have a gift for you. It's a, it's a year-long devotional that our church, New Life Church, has written. The senior pastor of the congregations has written, and we went through it last year. It's incredible. It's a gift just for you, whether you're visiting or whether you've been before and you haven't got the gift, we got a gift for you. But let me pray a blessing, and then they're going to send us out in song. Lord, we know you're here. Your presence is here. Lord, would you send us into this world, this dark world, with the light that we know is inside of us. We pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Tell it on. 
May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and lift up his bright, shining countenance upon you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Go in peace.